Good morning and welcome to Thursday morning, January the 13th and 2022 on When Our Eyes. We're currently in year C, the second Sunday of Epiphany. And on the Thursday of the week, we'd like to take a look at the New Testament letter passage from the Revised Common Lectionary for this week in the church calendar year. And so today we find ourselves in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11, the spiritual gifts passage that we find there in 1 Corinthians. So let me read that passage, provide a couple of points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making this part of your morning on When Our Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your, the question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who works does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives the great faith to another, and to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. This is a word of God for us. A generation ago, the topic of spiritual gifts was probably a hot topic, but it seems to be assimilated now. There was even a cover on Christianity Today a few years back that said that everyone seems to be embracing their inner Pentecostal, right? I think we seem to know in the most modern rendering of the church that uh, spiritual gifts are here to stay. And there might be some debate about uh, how to use them, uh, what they might look like in corporate worship. But it seems like the, the more that we've broadened our understanding, that we get further and further away from this pretty rigid and concrete category of the Enlightenment, which brings into suspicion whether miracles or extraordinary things happen in modern times. Uh, we seem to have made peace with that. We do know that there's what uh, some scholars might call transrational activity that happens in everyone's life. But in the Christian faith, um, we do see that this happens in a more common setting. And so um, what can we say about this passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 now that we've said that? So there are a few different places in the New Testament where spiritual gifts are mentioned and they're discussed. And here, when the Apostle Paul is addressing the issue, he seems to be talking about how do you organize corporate worship so that all are edified? So he makes, in this first part of his argument, he makes a point that the Spirit, the one Spirit, gives a diversity of gifts to many. And a couple of things that we do need to 
uh, share first and foremost is this, is that there is one spirit and there is a diversity uh, of things that uh, he gives the church. All the gifts aren't given to one person, uh, but it seems like it's the spirit's prerogative and logic to give different gifts to different people in the church that we can edify one another. The punchline of this, and that seems to be a circular argument that comes to the main theme again and again, that main theme is that uh, God is giving the church towards the, the, the gift of one another so that we move towards one another instead of away from one another. What we can see if we read all of 1 Corinthians 12 through 14 is that there was an issue in the Corinthian church where a few people claimed to have a better spirituality than the others. And they tried to defend that in different ways. Earlier in the letter, it was who baptized them or who taught them. And so Paul says, all of us are on equal ground as leaders in the church. And so uh, God is growing the plant and all of us is kind of contribute to a piece of any, any growth or development of any one disciple's faith. So there is a plurality of leadership and power in the church. But here it comes at that topic again. He says, there is not a ranking of gifts. And he even says in a tongue-in-cheek way, sometimes it doesn't bear out in our English translations, but he says here that you can't seek their greater gifts, meaning if you have these gifts, you're greater than the next person. But the way of love is the penultimate experience of Christians. It's not that we excel in gifts, which makes us greater. Which What makes us greater is that we excel in love because ultimately at the depth of who God is, is a God love. And so these gifts are given. We can discover those gifts uh, that we have. And what as we discover these gifts, they help contribute to the whole body of Christ. And so I think what can we say here about this uh, gift list in 1 Corinthians 12? It seems to be this is what happens as demonstrations in corporate worship. And so this is what happens when we come together. If Paul were to try to digress a bit further, he would say, when you come together in worship and lift high Jesus, and yet it's your honest intention to dwell in the presence of God, it is common for multiple people to have gifts of the Spirit, demonstration of the Spirit's power and work among you. And in many ways, this is how that demonstration is expressed. And so he talks about words of knowledge, words of wisdom, gifts of healing and miracles. He talks about prophecy, discernment of spirits. He talks about speaking in tongues and the interpretation of those tongues. Now, depending on who you are and your church experience, you might have experienced these things just a few times. Or perhaps you're in part of the body of Christ where these things are experienced more than the average Christian. Does that mean that one group is more spiritual than others? I wouldn't say so. I think in a mystery, this all belongs to the Holy Spirit. And there's a couple different postures that we've seen in the most modern rendering of church. Uh, we have uh, you know, an expression that we probably need to avoid, which is people expect certain gifts of the Spirit to be experienced every time we get together. And it's almost like there's a conjuring of these things, forcing the Spirit to use gifts among us. And so, uh, for instance, a worship team sang this song and it seemed to be a way in which the Spirit moved. And so we're going to sing that song every time. Or when this person preaches, it seems like uh, these things are experienced more. And so that person needs to preach all the more. What we need to know is like a lesson 101 of the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit's elusive. We cannot pin him down. We cannot make him do what we want him to do. Like he moves on his own accord. And that is one of the topics from this passage. I think the other posture that we need to avoid is uh, seek not, forbid not, which is uh, something that evangelicals in particular have um, embraced over the years. 
saying this, they, they would not want to say that the spiritual gifts don't exist anymore because then that begins to um, confront their view of the Bible. But since spiritual gifts are using the Bible, they don't want to say, well, they don't, they're not around any longer. But we're not going to seek them because when you seek them, it makes church really messy. And so the extreme of expecting that they should happen all the time and the extreme of, well, don't seek them, but don't forbid them. If on the rare chance that they happen, we need to avoid those. And we just need to pray a simple prayer. Spirit, I'm open to you and to your leading. You can use this service and show up in this service, this gathering of believers anyway which you see fit and then just wait upon the Lord and then follow his leading as we wait upon him. Those things in mind help us to be that spirit-filled church that not only deepens the faith of people who participate in it, but it also bear witness to unbelievers about the power of God working among us. So with that in mind, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you today for the gift of the Spirit. The Spirit brings us into the family of God. The Spirit empowers us to proclaim Jesus as Lord. And the Spirit distributes gifts to help enhance ministry and worship and to give us awe and wonder of God. So, Lord, we confess that at times we've resisted the move of the Spirit. We are not used to the Spirit's leadership. And so we have gone our own way and we've tried to use our own strength and power to do ministry and to bear witness to Jesus. We thank you that there's a better way. And so please forgive us and help us to learn the voice of the Spirit, to follow the leadership of the Spirit, so that we can, with the power that you provide, uh, witness to Jesus to the ends of the earth, so that many more people might discover God and discover your kingdom and find eternal life within you. So God, fill my life, fill all of our lives, and fill our worship and our communities. Allow us to be spirited people. And I pray that it would make much of Jesus in our time. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.